Albert Einstein once said that play is the highest form of research. Well, let's get ready to do some research. This is Teach, Play, Learn, the podcast, and I am your host, Adam Peterson. Before we get to today's episode, gotta give a huge shout out to the guys behind our intro music that we use, Brian and Neil, my buddies from the band Cuckoo Kangaroo. Visit cuckoocangaroo.com to see more of their music and awesome merch, as well as check out their YouTube channel. And a big thank you to our sponsor of Teach, Play, Learn, the podcast, Jose and Sean, my friends from Berto & Co. If you don't know what Berto & Co. is, use the shopping link in the show notes to visit BertoAndCo.com to see top-notch teacher planners, at-home planners, t-shirts, and more with the coolest designs on them. And when you use that shopping link and use the promo code ADAMP15, you will save yourself 15% off your order at BertoAndCo.com. Let's get to today's topic. Hey, welcome back to the show. So excited for another episode of Teach, Play, Learn, the podcast. And today's guest is all about play. We, we, we say that, I feel like, every week, but this is true. We've got another author, educator, play-based guru here, uh, Miss Brianne Fennell. Did I say your name correctly? Yes, you okay. did. I should have asked you that before we started recording, <laughs> but I, I, always, I always screw something up. So welcome to the show. It's so, so good to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be on this podcast. I'm, I'm excited to have you on too as I look over your shoulder. See, listeners, you can't see this, but over her shoulder, she has a sign that says all play all day. So, you know, we're in for a treat here. So listeners that might not know who you are, I know we've got, we've got quite a few co-fans, I guess, or followers, whatever you want to call it, through the Teach Better community on, on, on social media. But for listeners that might not know who you are, Brianne, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. So my name is Brianne Fennell, and I am a first and second grade loop being teacher in Ohio. I have um, written a few books, Play Yay and Play Yay Baby Talk, um, through um, EduMatch. And I have recently been awarded the title of the Ohio Regional Teacher of the Year for District 5. Awesome. I need to insert like a clap track right there. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. So you just got just found out about that? Yes. Um, I think it was last week. It's kind of all been a blur. But yes, um, I am super excited. Um, there are 11 of us that are um, representing our different districts. So okay. it's it spans um, different counties in our area. So I'm excited for the way that I can have a voice for not only students but also for teachers. Wow, that is fantastic news. Congratulations. That, that's all. I didn't you. know we were sitting here speaking to a, a star in education. That's <laughs> phenomenal. So um with that with that honor upon you, do you do you I mean are you still gonna be a voice for educators, whatnot? Is there a collective like like you know group now that, that gets to go out and voice their their opinions and their concerns about education? Are you a part of something that's gonna be a change for Ohio in that sense? Yes, I mean, I hope so. I hope that um, we will be able to collectively, you know, especially right now, like, I, it's so funny, like, um, so I'll be the, the representative for the 2021, like that, like the school year. And <laughs> what, um, what a school year to be <laughs> the representative of. So right. um, I think it's going to be a lot of um, new thinking, um, thinking outside the box. I was telling my boss the other day, like my, my brain actually hurts because uh, if you think about it, we are trying to, trying to problem solve something that's 
that's never been around in our time. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that a lot of the things that, that we're learning is that we're, we're having to go back to like uh, the basics and our foundation. And we have learned so much about education and we have changed so much. And I think that's one of the things that that's been the hardest for a lot of teachers is it's going to look so different in the classroom. Like we're told like, you know, to have this collaborative, um, collaborative classroom where we're no longer in rows and right. now we're back in rows <laughs> and they're like, well, you, you need <laughs> to not be the person who's standing and doing all the talking. And then, then we're standing and we're doing the talking. So I think it's like, <clears throat> that's one of the things that's hard for teachers right now is that there's so much that's ingrained in us because we know it's good for kids. Right. And we're trying to say, like, what can we let go of? And then what can we contribute that's going to, you know, counteract those other things? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough time. I don't, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't miss this year being in the classroom. Like, there's years, like the past couple of years, I've missed the classroom big time, being out on the road and doing things. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love what I do. But there are parts of me like, oh, man, I'm not setting up a classroom this year. And this year, I'm kind of like, hmm. Kind of glad I'm not setting up a classroom because I would be scared to death right now. Not not for the safety, but just just for the unknown. And I see, you know, my wife's a second grade teacher. I've seen teacher friends online like you, and I see the stress it is causing. And it's it's interesting you say like we've never been through this before, and that's true. I mean, we keep hearing, you know, we've seen pandemics, we've seen epidemics, and we've seen that. But when those things happen, school was a very much different thing, right? Like school today looks very different than school during the 1918 pandemic. So mm -hmm. to compare education to what it went through then is, is just, it's unfathomable because you can't, you can't compare apples to oranges for lack of better words there. It, it's, it's definitely something that is unprecedented. Teachers are facing challenges we've never faced before. And, and we're being asked to do things we've never been asked to do before. But I guess one thing I always try to find on podcasts and in shows and in things that I do on YouTube is, is the positives. And, I think this negativity that has started because of all of this has has in turn lit 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 light lighted lighted a fire. What do you say? This lit a fire under teachers for positivity and positive change. And I'm so excited for for Ohio and other education area that someone with your mindset of you know this play aspect gets to be a leader and a, and a voice of possible change and a voice of reason. So I think your students are in for some some good things there. That's awesome. I am really excited to talk about play because I feel like it's going to be one of the remedies that we can use for stress for kids. And yes. I don't know if you've ever experienced like going through a therapy. Like I have a very, I have a very rare bone disease that is called Kinebox disease. And so I had to have surgery on my wrist a few years ago. Um, and when I went through that and went through occupational therapy, what did we do during that therapy? We played right. like it, it was like the backbone of everything that she was doing with me. And I, that was a real aha moment for me that what I'm doing is it's good for kids, but it's also good just for your, for the human person. Like it's yes. not just good for kids. It's good for adults. It's good for, all the, all the things that we're kind of learning is going to be through play. And so 
one of the things that I was trying to do, like going back to just like that human nature is um, trying to set up some outdoor learning um, places for kids and awesome. listening. Yesterday, our governor talked, Mike DeWine, and he had three different um, specialists on his, um, I don't know, his two o'clock broadcast. So they were all different um, people in the medical field, the medical okay. background, and they were doctors, children's doctors. And they were talking about um, how like the outdoor space, that's going to be one of the best places that we can utilize because it has the best ventilation. Right. And I feel like if we can get kids outside and we're going to feel a little bit more um, able to do some of those play-based things because we have that great ventilation outside. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's a, there's a lot of different play-based things that we can have. And uh, there's actually a separate um, outdoor learning facility that we have in my district um, really? that I was very fortunate to like be a part of the planning for that. And um, seeing that grow, I started a young authors conference um, where kids could come. It was K to three and they could uh, become authors. And it was kids who were really interested in writing. But what was really cool is that everything was based upon activities or play and this outdoor learning place has like we got to pick out some different things through grants like um you know there there's a um a stand outside where they can paint while they're on a vertical surface and cool. they they're catching frogs and writing about it like every writing thing that we did was based upon an experience or something through play and so when we give kids those opportunities to connect with their world um mm -hmm. i feel like we get those great opportunities to bring out out something that they may have not experienced before right. like i know when we go back to school a lot of people will say Oh, write about your summer vacation. Now, I hope that nobody does that this time because there's <laughs> there's so much trauma related to it. But um, what's a vacation, about, right? Yeah, <laughs> what's, let's what's, think what about the page. Like you can see it on the corner. Like it, there's a palm tree and a beach chair. Yep. There are kids in our community that have never been anywhere except for Walmart. Yep. And so when you give them that outdoor space, you give them that freedom, you give them opportunities to play and build those experiences. Those are the kids who are no longer going to say, I don't know what to write about. That's awesome. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned when you, when you talked about the outdoor space, you talked about painting and you talked about catching frogs. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's one thing I, I, I was excited about because when we think about this, this idea of play, far too often we are we are thinking toys 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 right like that, that's what the mind goes to and and I love that you mentioned those two things because they're experiences right and that's really what education should be is an experience and when you mentioned about this this idea that kids are coming off of trauma and even like you mentioned in your in your therapy you got to play it, it takes me back to this idea that that it's not just a child thing it's a human thing it's a it's a species thing that you're not even just a human it's every every type of being plays in some sense every type of you know species plays in some sense uh my friend matt halpern who was on one of our previous episodes talks about how he witnessed a a deer at the beach one time where he lives like jumping in the waves because nobody was at the beach because of the pandemic right like right and he's like that that deer was out there playing because it could and i think back to teachers or, or any adult too like when we do 
what we love, like a hobby of ours. We're doing it because of because it's it's something that is is engaging to us, something that's enjoyable to us, and and probably something you're active at. And I talk about that all the time in the book and on this podcast. That that's the definition of play: something that is active, engaging, and enjoyable. So you think about someone whose hobby is is cooking, right? Like they're engaged in that, they're enjoying it, they're probably active in the kitchen, and and it, it's no different for kids. I mean, we have to have them enjoying those things, engaged in those things, active in things. And it doesn't always require a block or a kitchen set or a toy or a Lego, right? It's, it's, this is not sponsored by Lego either listeners. This is, <laughs> I gotta put that in there. It, it, it requires the experience and that's what it should be about. So I was so excited to hear you say that that space involved things like painting and, and catching frogs. That's amazing. I love that. I have a really great picture of this huge frog that we caught and the kids were just, they were enthralled and they, and you think, Think about um, kind of what our society has made like birthdays or Christmas. Like it is based on this huge idea that that we need stuff and stuff is mm -hmm. cool. Like, I mean, I love Legos, oh, not yeah. sponsored by Lego, <laughs> but as much as anybody else, like I, I, I like to have those things, especially like the nostalgia behind it. But oh, yeah. we we can do things um, with kids and oftentimes they just want our time. They don't, they don't necessarily need that thing. If you are engaged with your kids through play, um, they're often just delighted to spend that time with you. So right. like jumping on the trampoline, when I get up the gumption and I get, <laughs> get on that trampoline <laughs> with my kids, like there's like squeals of delight. They're just like so excited to see a grown up like doing those things. Right. I recently I blog for Teach Better and I have it's a monthly blog. It's called Play Better. And I recently just posted about um like retro toys. And now retro to me might be different than other people, <laughs> but um I'm just talking about like pulling things back from our childhood because like you said, if it's something that we enjoy it comes through to our kids. And so mm -hmm. I talked about Foursquare and people are like, well, I just can't play with my kids all day. I have these standards to go over. And so my um, co-teacher and I, we talked about, um, it was one of our standards for first grade. It was like rules and laws. Mm -hmm. And so they had never played Foursquare before. And I don't know, like I couldn't wait to get out there and get that four right. square ball first. Mine was and always, we had this thing on our playground called funnel ball. I don't know if you know, it was the ball fell through the different colored hoops. Like that was one of those things. And now people are like, what, what is, what is funnel ball? Like it was the right. greatest game ever. What is it? But when they don't have any idea, like you can so embed those like rules and laws within it. Like there are specific rules that you have to follow to make yep. this, this game enjoyable. Now I'm all about unstructured play, but if you have this, if you give them that, that foundation, we're more likely to see some of those pickup games happening now. And with our society and safety, there are far fewer pickup games happening across the country. Mm -hmm. Like people, well, right now, like you don't even want to be that in that distance of somebody, but <laughs> it's, it's the idea that you can not even know somebody and be able to participate and learn about them through a game. So we taught them about the, the four square and then we saw the kids, they, they wanted to keep playing it at recess. And then we kind of removed that adult 
interaction from them and kind of just watch it play out. And yes, people would not follow the rules. And then what would happen? You know, there'd be either a disagreement or there'd be something that they would need for a life skill, like how to settle an argument about rules being broken. You know, what happens, you know, is that person removed from play? But kind of seeing the kids as first graders figure that out, I feel like that's going to help in our society. Animals, like you said, it's in nature too. Um, I've done research about scientists that study animals to try to figure out if play is mainly like um, an innate instinct that mm. they have to teach their offspring something. And scientists did all these studies and what they found is like sometimes they just played because it was fun. That's awesome. <laughs> they couldn't figure out, they couldn't figure out like, what is, what is that? What are they trying to teach that? Is it, is it something that they're, they're going to need? Because, you know, they it's just there. play. Yeah, it was just there. It was just they were doing it because like the deer and the on the beach, like they were doing it because it felt good. It was it was exciting for them. And so, you know, it's it's out there like it, it's really interesting when you go and you, you learn about the brain and why and forgive me you can stop me if I'm going on this. Oh, this is totally interesting stuff. This is what this so, is about. <laughs> when you when you learn about the brain. So when the brain is in trauma, you're kind of learning and i know i'm i'm on audio not video and they can't see me but like toward the back toward your toward your spinal column your thinking is taking place back here and so when you think about the kids that are going to come into our classroom they're thinking that they need to be doing to learn or to um, retain information needs to be happening more toward the frontal lobe and so when you're in trauma and you're in a, a stressful situation it's taking place more toward the back of your brain. And so what are some of those things that we can do to kind of get the brain out of that trauma state is, is doing some play. Um, and we need to make sure that, that our students, like first of all, that when we go back to school, that they are feeling safe. Right. And having a person who, a teacher, who is also in stress that's what's going to that's what's going to be the the problem so i think anything that we can do ahead of time to like to prepare ourselves to make sure that we have things um in place that we enjoy doing in the classroom um and make sure those play experiences can still be be done within our constraints so like um i mentioned having um like school boxes so if you usually do like a STEM bin Friday where right. the kids get to do free builds, just have them in separate containers. There are, you can look up the guidelines, but if you have like a certain kid that, that is assigned to this container, then they can put that out um, and you can leave it or you can disinfect it. But those experiences don't have to be totally removed because you're afraid of like the contamination and touching those types of things like the kids are going to need those experiences the right. big outdoor spaces whatever outdoor spaces you have that have that great ventilation where kids can can just run it off like i don't i don't know about um your state but i know that some of our kids are allowed to do some sporting things now yeah we, we actually are 
um my son's been been involved in baseball our daughter junior high so he did like a, a travel team so that wasn't re- revolved around school but uh our junior high sports just picked back up like first they were not going to happen now they are and and it, when at first they said it wasn't going to happen my mind was blown i was like wait a minute so we can sit in a classroom for seven hours a day but we can't play softball like right and, and i think enough people felt that way that it, it got changed because I mean, we're, you look at all the things, everything is pointing to being outside, breathing fresh air, enjoying, you know, the outdoors, vitamin D is supposed to be the big thing that helps us and, and not to get into the whole political side or the doctor side, because I'm, I'm a moron in this sense, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I just listen to things. But you're right, it's, it's one of those things that, that we need. I mean, as much as we can, you're, you're a Midwest teacher, too. So you know, that's only gonna last for so long before we get into our recess days, but take advantage of it. You know, if we have the opportunity to be outside and do that, Let's do it. And, and I, I want to go back to a point you said about um, I saw you, know, you saw a connection with kids and kids just when you that four square idea, you said kids who had never met before and kids that didn't know each other. Now we just step back as adults and we watch them play. And that, that speaks so true to this idea that this is something that brings people together. You know, I think about that when when I was I was just teaching my kids the other day out in our garage, we have a dartboard hung up and I was teaching them how to play cricket on, on the dartboard. And they were like, how'd you learn this, dad? And I said, when I was in college, a buddy of mine used to, you know, we used to go play darts all the time. And, and I think about like, we played darts against people we had never met before, but it was fun for us. And, and I think about that as, as kids too, like the reason kids build so many relationships in the classroom is because they're having fun doing it. You know, they, they don't know Sally from Jack when they walk in that room for the first time and you put some, you know, a, a game in front of them or a playground in front of them and immediately they make a connection. Uh, we, we were, you know, I think about times we've been to the beach with my kids and they will immediately start playing with strangers on on the beach. Like kids will form these colonies on the beach that they've never met before building sandcastles and burying their moms or dads. And, and it just happened this past summer. We were in Florida and these two little girls came up and helped bury my sister-in-law because my kids were doing it, you know, And, and we stepped back and immediately this bond was formed between these kids who had never met before over this enjoyable experience. So I love what you just said. And don't ever apologize for speaking on this. Like, I will listen to you talk about this all day long because it's it's a phenomenal, it really is. I mean, it's it's amazing to me to hear so many people now saying like, play's coming back. And, and I just think, why did it ever leave? You know, like, why did it take the break it did from from education? But I think if we think deep down, it, it didn't in some of the classrooms, you know, like there are teachers out there have been doing this stuff forever and now their voices are being heard. So it, it, it's it's cool but I want to I want to go on to your books like I, I'm, I'm so excited about this and like I said I, I didn't really know much about your books or you and then I saw your teaching better ambassador logo and we, we realized we had this connection of, of mutual friends so tell me about these these books you have and, and and how this came about and where people can find them and and what what they can expect yeah so my first book play yay is about my son Lucas is the is the character and it's about um a kid who finds a box and his his mom's like why don't you ever just play with your toys like why are you in this box again and like he kind of takes you on a journey of like all these different things that he's thinking through when he sees this box so um and then he's like you know i'm using my imagination so just come and come and enjoy it with me is basically the the theme of of my first book and then um, my second book is uh, Play A Baby Talk. And so it has uh, a big brother and he's talking about all the things that he wants to do to play with his little brother. And instead he kind of like teaches the reader, it's pretty interactive. Like 
the things that they can do with a baby that is it, so it's kind of like a mentor text. Like if you're going to have a new sibling and you want to know like the things that you can do. So instead of, you know, being able to, to splash in a pool with a newborn, you know, you can help take care of it in other ways. And so cool. I think that um, through play is, you know, like I said before, is how we learn. And so that's pretty much the focus of both of those books. So it's awesome. And they're, they're children's books. These aren't like educated. Yes. These are books meant for kids. Did you illustrate them kids. too? Yes. No, I did not. No. Okay. I, I, I wish I, I wish I could. <laughs> I really do, but I did not. So I've got, I've got a few books out for kids that I, I, I didn't say I illustrated them. I doodled them. I doodled them. <laughs> That's really all they were, were doodles. But I wrote, I drew one when you were talking about the box and that, and that idea, I, I wrote a book. Gosh, it's probably five years ago now I, I don't even remember called play with just just play and it, it, i turned it into a coloring book actually and and i did that because it stemmed from this idea that my my son i'll never forget he was he was tiny at the time like preschool age because he wasn't going to school and my wife and my daughter went to our goes to our school and at the time she was she was little so we were all leaving for school and he was home with grandma and he runs up to me with with like a sword and a knight helmet that he had, like this little play costume. And he goes, let's play, Dad. And I said, buddy, I got to go to work. And he just started sobbing. And it broke my heart as a parent. And I realized at the time, I'm like, I do not take enough time to just just play with him. So I drew this whole book out. And it's it's these two little aliens because I'm, I'm obsessed with UFOs and aliens. So I made the characters and the aliens. The whole book is, it's just one word on each page. And it's like, play, and dad says work. And then it's play, and dad says cook. And all these things that parents that we we have to do, but we we take away from our kids by doing them. You know, like we have to cook food, we have to go to work, we have to fix things, but but does it have to be done right then is kind of the idea of the book. And and I had it all drawn out, I had it all ready to go. And then I'm like, you know what, this could be a really cool experience. And, and try, it's not like a big seller. It's it's probably nowhere near what your books have done. But it, it was one of those things I'm like, this could be something for parents and kids. So after I had it completed, and this is self-published, I took all the color out of it, except the cover. And, and on the back, I put a little tagline that says, uh, a story for kids, a lesson for parents, an activity they can do together. So it's it's this idea that it's a reminder to parents, like, just to stop, like, put things down and play with your kid. And then I made it an activity because it's, it's a coloring book. But I think it's funny that our ideas were so much similar there that we've, we've never met before. And I love that idea. That no, I feel like we need to collaborate. We need to more. find a way. Yeah. We need to find a way, but I love that idea of the box. Like it, it, that's, it's one of those things that fascinates kids. Right. And I'm sure that's where your yeah. idea came from with your son is, I mean, we just recycled actually it's out in my garage right now, a giant box that we got this ottoman in. And Mike, we saved it for so long because my kids were like, we're going to build a rocket ship. And my kids are 12 and nine. And they, yeah. they're like, we're going to build a rocket ship. And eventually they got bored with it. And, it, and now it's recycled. But it, it amazed me as a 12-year-old girl. She's probably going to kill me that I'm saying this on, on air. But, <laughs> like, but a 12-year-old with her little brother, she wanted to build a rocket out of this, this giant box. And, and I, love, I love that. My son will sit for hours with his, his Legos and his, his action figures. you know, And he'll just sit and, and I just watch. I mean, I'll play with him. But sometimes I don't even get on the ground because I feel like he doesn't want me to sometimes. <laughs> like he's just, he's so right. into it. But like I'm in my zone. Yeah. I'll just sit back and watch him play with these, these things. And, and it's not even the fact that he's playing with these things. It's what he's doing with them. The imagination side of it. And you know, I'll see him flying things around the house and it makes me want to be a kid again, you know? So <laughs> I don't know. It, it's one of those things that I, I love your, your mindset and your, your idea behind this. It, it's really cool. Thank you. I think that as, um, as adults too, like, 
I think play has helped us through the pandemic. Like if you think about like the things that helped you when you were feeling scared or, mm-hmm. or, you know, afraid to turn on the news because something else was unknown, <laughs> like, um, one of the games, Animal Crossing, like it blew up on like for the Nintendo Switch because yeah. it was like, it was something that you could do that was that was enjoyable. For some people, they had played it before. So it was from something from their childhood, but it was, it was something that it was colorful. It was engaging. You could play it with other people. Uh, for my sister's birthday, her birthday was in March and we couldn't like physically get together for her birthday. And we actually met on the animal crossing platform and like, <laughs> uh, at the aquarium. And I just thought, I mean, it's just, it's funny. And I think a lot of times, like, you know, video games, there are a lot of, um, you know, there are some play-based experts that will say, you know, no way. But I think that, that it's, it's, it's engaging and it can be just like anything else. Like if you play outside, but you never come inside, of course, that's going to be a bad idea for you. If you play video games and that's all you do all the time, it's, it's going to be addicting for your brain. So it's like, it's, it's that idea of moderation, but a lot of the a lot of the social aspects that um, can can connect kids when they can't be connected in other ways. I feel like that's something something that maybe helps some kids through. Yeah, there 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 has to be a balance. Like, don't get me wrong, I play I play video games too. We we've got the whole setup over there that I that I play with with my son and, and my daughter, but. It has to be a balance. And to think about that in the classroom, like you and I both know that we're not just saying ditch all your materials and just play, 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 right? right. There's a balance yeah. between, you know, structured play and free play and learning play and tying everything together into this, this, you know, this utopian balance of keeping play alive. And, and I think what you said is a perfect note. It's okay to do those things in moderation. It's okay to have a balance. You know, there's a reason why adults, even kids too, find books so interesting because that's that relaxation time of just laying down and reading a story or reading a book for interest. But that's not all we do, right? We go out and we run around and there's, there's a reason virtual 5Ks blew up because people needed to get out and exercise in a fun way. So I think balance is the, the, the word of the day with, with all of this. You need to find a way to balance play into what you have to do. I mean, I say that in my book all the time that it's not about what you teach, but how you teach it that makes the difference. Yes, we know, you know, Brianne and I both know there's a lot you teachers have to teach, but it's how you teach it and the way you incorporate the, the interests and the experience that, that's going to make the difference, especially this year with, with everything going on. I know that you're connected with, um, this is another connection that we might have it through Get Your Teach On. Yeah, I presented for their uh, their K-1 virtual experience with, with Deanna. Deanna brought me in to, to present with them. It was fun. It was a cool experience. I So I attended like one of their first Get Your Teach Ons, and then I went to the national conference with a few of my um, colleagues. And so one of the ideas that I took away from that, and we're like, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm part of that teach better mindset, like we're better together. So get those ideas and bring them back to your classroom. But one of the things that stuck with me a lot was the idea of the room transformations. Yeah. And I know that that's something that stays with my students. Like if they're like, oh, Mrs. Fennell's class. Oh yeah. This is the thing I think about. So like I did a Mario transformation, yep. um, but we reviewed like every content 
standard that we needed to review. It was like a review day, but they had no idea because we were doing like, they were trying to save Princess Peach that day. And so like my principal came in with a Bowser helmet and like um, my son's super into Mario. So I had all these things, but uh, like each task was tied to like language arts or math. And, and they had to do all of these things throughout the day to save Princess Peach. And Princess Peach ended up being our um, our student teacher who had graduated and she like had moved on. That's so awesome. she came back as Princess Peach. And so like, for me too, just even talking about it, I'm excited because like that was, that was a lot of work and time to like design it so that it went that way. But it was, it was so worth it because the kids learned that day and they had so much fun. This is, this is so weird. You're talking about that because my wife does a Mario transformation every single year in her second grade classroom. And it's, it's phenomenal. And I've been, you know, I, I say all the time, like, if you think back to when we were kids, like room transformations have been around forever. They just got a, a new name and they're, they're a hot topic now because of the internet. But I'll never forget one of my most memorable experiences as a fourth grader. A fourth grade student was we transformed our entire school into a rainforest. Like it was, yes! it was back when like, save the rainforest was the big kick, yes. right? Like, I mean, I'm saying that's not a kick now because we need to save the rainforest, but it was gosh, probably like what, like 93, 94 when, when, you know, there was the whole save the rainforest, save the Amazon going on and our entire school transformed and like different classrooms were different parts of the rainforest. And, and that was when I was in fourth grade. I mean, that was, I don't know how long ago that was, but it was, it was a long time ago. I'm 38 years old now. It was a long time ago. And, and now you see the way that's evolved and changed. You know, I, I just had a, a key, virtual keynote with the school yesterday that I was working with. I was telling them all about this this transformation I did for the engagement of one student. It was, it was one little boy that I had to hook um, and I did it through a Pokemon transformation. And we, we did a Pokemon hunt to, and, and really what you just said was, I didn't change anything that we were going to do. All I did was took everything I was going to teach anyway and I put a little Pokemon twist on it. Just like your Mario thing. You were teaching everything you had to teach anyway. You just put a little red, white, and blue Mario green twist on it, right? And some yep. different games and activities. And we've, we've done quite a few in my, my wife's room. We've done a, you know, we've done a bat cave. In my room, we did a whole Where the Wild Things Are one. And, and it's, it's, it's one of those things that you see it on the internet. You can see it done huge, right? Like right. you look at like, you know, the way at Ron Clark Academy, they've done some big ones, right? Like, but, but it can be done on a small scale too. And I'm not knocking Ron and Kim because they, they've got some great things going there and I love their, their school. But um, yeah. it, people always say to me like, well, I, I can't do it because I, I don't have a budget. I'm like, well, yeah. my wife and I are I'm, both teachers. I'm on the Dollar Tree budget. Let me yep. tell you. <laughs> So I think that's a great idea for the, the and, and honestly, like we go back to the, the three words I talk about all the time, activity, engagement, enjoyment. And those are definitely alive and well when you do something like room flip or room transformation. We could talk about that all day. I've got a whole PD session I do when I go to the conferences called, whoa, what happened to our room? And it's, it's all about, <laughs> all about room transformation. So I love that. And it's so weird that you do a Mario one because my wife does a Mario one every year too. That's awesome. We did Mario. And then last year was the first year I did the Toy Story one. Yeah. And um, the kids were were really excited about that one too. But I don't know. There was just something about the Mario one that just I tried to do one in the fall and then one in the spring for the kids. And right. um, oh, well, I was it spans to the other one. Camp read a lot. That's another one. Oh yeah. yeah, the Mario thing though, like that's something that spans generations, right? Like right. you had so much fun with it, not because your kids, but because you remember that as a, as, right. as a child, right? And like exactly. Trisha, my wife had so much fun with it because she remembers it as a kid and now her kids are living through it. And 
even the parents get involved in stuff like that because that's something nostalgic to them. So it's, it's one of those things, like I said, we could talk about this all day long, but um, I, I want to, I want to remind teachers that, that you've done that because that was interesting to you, right? Like I did Pokemon because that was interesting to my student. And, and one of the things, and I know you, you believe this as well, that, that social media can be such a comparison game right now, right? Like, I know I've done that. I'm guilty of looking at being like, oh my gosh, I want that classroom. I want this or I want this. And one thing I try to get across to teach all the time is like, you do you. Like, thankfully, I taught in a district where that was celebrated. Like, they wanted us to be us, you know? And apparently you do too, because they allow you to do something like a room flip with Mario, you know? So as you move forward this year, teachers, keep that in mind. Like, you do you, but do it for the kids, I guess is the if I could be as corny and cliche as possible, that's what I'm going to say. Do you, but do it for the kids, right? Like that's what we we have to do. So before we go, how can people follow you, Brianne? Where can they find your books? Most importantly, um, you mentioned the blog you do for, for teach better. Tell us about all the ways we can find you and we'll link all that in the show notes as well. Yeah. So I am at play yay on Twitter and on Facebook (laughs) and I am um, at Play A Author on Instagram, only because Play A was already taken. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, you I. can find my books on um, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and now Target, which I'm so excited what? about. Yeah, I know Target. That's amazing. Target. And awesome. then um, Match also has a discount if you contact um, if you contact Sarah, and it's. Um, it's even a discount on 10 books. So it's a really good um, deal if you wanted to get them for like a guided reading group or you wanted to get them in bulk for your staff. Very cool. Awesome. Well, do you have a website or anything to link to too? Or is it all social media? Oh, I ha- I do have, um, I do have a website, but I think that you'll get the most information that you might want from following uh, the Teach Better blog. Okay. Um, and watching for that monthly series called play awesome. better. All right. Well, we will definitely link everything below. We'll put your information down there. I can't thank you enough for, for sharing your expertise with us and, and, and never, like I said, never apologize for talking about play. I know you said <laughs> I'm babbling, but people need to hear this type of babble. Teachers need to hear this type of babble. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. And I can't wait for people to check out your books and uh, keep the play journey alive. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you next time, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to hear more music like what you're hearing right now, visit cuckookangaroo.com. And then please like, share, and rate this podcast wherever you're listening to it so others can find it too. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Because you are the best.